0: TII Item 353, July 3rd, 2015, iOS 9, Beta 2, iOS 8.4, and Apple Music.
1: Welcome to Today in iPhone.
2: Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, cool! Oh yeah!
3: My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of
4: my hand, and that I do everything with, and has become an extension of whom
0: I am. This episode is brought to you by the app ScapeFall. This side-scrolling strategy game is just 99 cents in the iOS app store. Search for ScapeFall in the app store today. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Stacy for sending in the music here in the background. Stacy wrote, Hi Rob, I created this song called Free Fall Fridays with the app Korg Gadget, and the track was mastered using the term very loosely. Within AudioShare, using the inter-app audio apps, AUFX Peak, EQ, AUFX Push, generic subtitle preset. This is from my album, Orbiting Mood Swings, where all the songs were created on an iOS device. You can find my music by searching for Spectral Sevenths Two Words in Spotify. Regards, Stacey P. Well, thanks, Stacy, for the music. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. Also, want to thank Matt for sending in the artwork for today's show. Matt said the following: "Hi Rob, made this artwork with an iPhone 5s photo, then used Auto Painter app to apply the painting effect, and the Enlight app was used to add text. Perhaps you can use it around a patriotic holiday." Regards, S. Winston Salem. Thanks, Matt, for sending in this artwork, and I kind of think if I know of a patriotic holiday we can use that around. And folks, you can see Matt's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 353 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music that you've created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, I edited up. Like, 800 people are going to buy the iPad. Between its inevitable first-generation bugs, fulfillment problems, and buyer's remorse over added features and price drops, it's heartbreak waiting to happen. Unquote. Molly Wood, CNET, 31st January 2010. So, Ms. Wood, tell me, was it going to be just 800 people buying the iPad, or was it going to be fulfillment problems? Or were you saying that Apple was going to have fulfillment problems at the 800-unit level? And I love when people give price drops in future features of next-gen products as a reason not to get this gen product. That, like, it's news that somehow the next-gen devices are going to somehow be different and better than the current gen? You think? Just saying. For promo codes on episode 352, well, two of the apps, all the codes were given out. But I am waiting to give out the ones for the Mac OS X app, Mac X Video Converter Pro. This is a great Mac OS X app for, well, doing video conversions and much, much more. If you are on a Mac and do anything with video, especially if you record a lot of videos with your iPhone, this app is a must have. Go back to episode 353 around the one hour and five minute mark, and you can learn more about this app and how to submit for a chance to win said app. Hurry up. I'm going to be picking for that early next week. And nothing new this week. Actually, I do have promo codes for another app, but they didn't send me in the review of their app, so I have to get that. So, sorry folks. I did my job. They didn't do theirs. As always, a quick reminder, if you're an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment, we just need the five promo codes or more to give away, simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. In this week's How Wrong Was I segment, which seems to be a new segment popping up here, I did something with episode 352 I've only done a couple of times ever with all my 700 plus episodes on all my different shows I've released. That is, I made a correction and updated the file. So if you were one of the first 5,000 to download episode 352, I am sorry about the error about the release date of iOS 8.4 and Apple Music. For some reason I had it in my calendar as June 24th in my all things Apple calendar, but clearly that was not the case iOS 8.4 and Apple Music were actually released on June 30th. Two episodes in a row I was wrong with regards to an aspect of Apple Music. Yikes. Probably best if I just stay listening to the music I ripped from my CDs, you know, those CDs that were mostly purchased 20 to 25 years ago when I was switching from vinyl to CDs, and ripped them to my computer back in 2002-2003. Sad to say, when it comes to music, I'm not cutting edge. Not unless you count Chris DeBerg as cutting edge. First off, I want to, well, wait a second, In five minutes and 30 seconds off, I want to talk about iOS 9 Beta 2, or 9B2, to call it something short and sweet, and some minor tweaks versus the Beta 1. One big change is the icon for the podcast app. It changed from where the white circles around the podcast eye went from slowly fading as you moved down the circle to solid white all around now. Yeah, not exactly big news. Maybe some of the other changes will excite, or not. Which means we can skip mentioning the update to the Apple Watch app icon altogether and get right into the improved search in 9b2. As in now, third-party apps have their own on-off toggles for search. The News app is now added to iCloud settings. Not that the News app has been launched, but when it is, we now have a toggle for it in the iCloud settings. As with past Beta 1s, there's a feature that went away in Beta 2 for 9. This time around, it was the Content Blockers option in Beta 1. That is now gone in Beta 2. This is in the settings for Safari. However, there are two new options in Safari settings. You can now choose to show or hide the tab bar and the Favorites bar. One nice change in 9b2 is per the iPad keyboard. With Beta 1, it was showing new buttons for cut, copy, and paste. Now, cut and copy buttons are replaced with undo and redo buttons, which are more useful most of the time. However, if you do select text, then the cut and copy buttons return and replace the undo-redo buttons, so the cut and copy buttons are still in the keyboard. They're just hidden until you actually need and can use them. Now, I should point out the redo button in the stock Notes app is replaced with the Checklist option button, so the stock keyboard varies a bit from stock app to stock app depending on the need. Those were some of the key changes in 9b2. Here's some feedback on 9b2. Hi Rob, I've been playing around in the developer copy of iOS 9 beta 2. The biggest news for me, maybe just me, thank you Apple, I am now able to add the song I'm currently listening to, to any playlist I have. This has been available in iTunes on the Mac since I started using it in 2007, since the first uh, iPod, since I have my first iPod touch. I've often wished that while listening to a random playlist to be able to simply tap on an option to add the listening song to a playlist of my choice. This is something that makes sense to me I like to put together photo slides, shows, with video of, of our family vacations. Picking the right song can sometimes take some time, and I'll weed through thousands of songs I own to find the right genre and song that I want for the trip. I would find some candidates, but keeping them bookmarked was trying at best. But with this new Welcome Edition, I'm so glad that iOS 9 is a great refinement release. Thanks, Apple. Regards, Francisco Tapia. One other feature that's new in iOS 9, and I have not mentioned yet, at least I don't think I have, and I'm not sure if it was new in Beta 1 or if it's now just new in Beta 2, is the ability to save as PDF. This is basically the same as print-to-PDF feature that you see in Mac OS ten. This is located in the Share option. So now in, in an app like Notes or Mail or Safari, you can save the doc email page as a PDF in the iBooks app. Very nice addition iOS 9 Beta 2 wasn't the only new software I got to play with this past week. Let's also talk about some of the changes in iOS 8.4 versus 8.3. Obviously, the big monster change is Apple Music, but there are other tweaks, changes, modifications, and more to 8.4. You can now browse, listen, and download audiobooks from inside iBooks. And very important is that books that are made for iBooks now will work on the iPhone in addition to just the iPad as before. That means my Podcast 101 iBook will now be available and is now available on the iPhone. So for all of you that hid the iBook app in some subfolder on your iPhone, time to locate it and move it back out. Oh, and do me a favor. On your iPhone, go to the iBook app store and search for Podcast 101, one word, Podcast 101. Download my free iBook. Again, it's free. It helps me in the rankings by you downloading it. And it gives you a chance to see a free iBook and how it looks on your iPhone. Hint, when viewing it, turn your iPhone into landscape mode. There are other usability and stability improvements to the iBooks app as well. In 8.4, there were other fixes, uh, such as for an issue where receiving a specific series of Unicode characters caused the device to reboot. This was the bug also known as the effective power bug, where a friend would send you a text message with effective power and then some other characters, and it would crash your phone, and you, and you, you can see all about this in episode 349, or listen about this in episode 349, timecode about seven minutes and 51 seconds, for more on that bug. Well, that bug has now been squashed. They also fixed an issue that kept GPS accessories from providing location data, which, you know, for GPS accessories is kind of a big deal. And they fixed an issue where Apple Watch apps became zombies. Well, okay, what happened was Apple Watch apps you deleted would reinstall all on their own. So not exactly Game of Thrones and the White Walkers raising the dead kind of situation, but still a little bit of a bother. As with all iOS updates back to the beginning of time, or at least to back into 2007, a certain percentage of users, a small percentage, are reporting some issues with the update. Shocker! This time, it is around battery drain issues. I know some of you have not waited to update, and if you did not wait and are seeing battery drain issues, again, which it seems only a small percentage are seeing said issues, Here are some potential tweaks, adjustments you can make to your settings to improve said battery life. First up, go to usage and see if there is one or two bad apps causing uh, your most loss of battery life. It could just be an issue with that app, or it could be an issue with the update. First thing you want to do there is force quit that app or apps that are drawing the most battery and see if that helps. A big killer of battery in iOS 8.4 and this is not a bug or surprising, is the new Apple Music app. If you are streaming music all the time, gee, guess what? You will be draining your battery faster. Again, you can confirm that under Settings, General Usage, Battery Usage. Check to see your settings if you have um, auto brightness now on and where the brightness level is set all the way to max. Sometimes this changes uh, after you've done an update. For some reason, auto brightness sometimes just pings out to max setting. And of course, take a look at the PDF I have in the TI app for the settings to change to improve battery life and see how your settings match up. To find that PDF in the TI app, go to the episode list, tap on PDF at the top. And at the bottom, there's only like four items right now. the bottom of that, um, there's one that's titled iOS 8 battery-saving tips. Check that out for advice on how to maximize battery life. Per my recommendation for iOS 8.4, if you are interested in Apple Music, then by all means go and update. If you have zero plans for Apple Music, it might be worth it to wait until 8.4.1 comes out, which should be in a few weeks if history is any indicator on these things. But on the other hand, if you have a three-day weekend and you're listening right now and it's early on July 3rd and you have off the today, hey, now's a great time to update. You have all weekend to get your phone working. But so far, most reports I have read and feedback sent in is mostly positive for 8.4. I have two of my devices at 8.4. Both seem to be doing very well, and that includes my main iPhone that I use all the time and my wife's iPad, which I did not tell her yet, has been updated, so she hasn't noticed any issues. And trust me, she tells me when she notices issues.
1: Hey, Rob, this is Bill from Rhode Island uh, calling. Just wanted to let you know that I downloaded iOS 8.4. And uh, I know I didn't take your advice once again, but everything seems to be working just fine. It didn't take very long at all. Uh, It seems to be very, very smooth. The only question I have pertains to Apple Music. I'm trying to make playlists of my own, And I keep getting that you have to set up in iTunes Music, you have to set up iCloud Music Library. Every time I try to do that, it won't allow me to do it. It says that I can do it later from the music settings, which I have tried to do over and over again. Maybe you can help me out or someone listening can. Keep up the great work. Everything seems to be working smoothly. Have a great day.
0: Bill, thanks for the feedback, and if anyone can help Bill there with his problem on creating playlists, give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. And speaking of email feedback, here is one. Hey Rob, I've been having some issues with iOS 8.4, where most of my third-party apps are lagging so much I can't even use them. For example, in the Photos app, I can't watch any videos, and on Instagram, I can't even find my, my, or view my feed. If you or any listeners have a solution, please let me know. And thanks for the show. Regards, Matthew. And then I sent Matthew this. Hi, Matthew. What type of iOS device are you running? Remember, folks, always let me know. Is it anything from the iPhone 5S or later? If so, you should not have any lag. Try the following, regardless of the type of device. Force quit all your open apps. Next, go to Settings, General, Reset, Reset Network Settings. Then once it reboots, go to Wi-Fi, re-log into your Wi-Fi. You have to add your password again if you had one. Also go to Settings, General, About, and put your iOS device's name back in if you had anything special in there. Then let me know how it's working for you. And his response was, thanks, Rob. It solved the problem right away, and I was using 5S. Remember folks, before you upgrade, I always recommend you do the settings general reset reset network settings step. It does seem to make things run smoother when you do an update. And make sure to go to the TII app and the episode list, click on PDF and then at the top of the list you should see my recommended steps for doing before you update. I do that and my updates tend to go great. not come wood. Again, that is recommended. I'm not saying required. because I always get people to send me an email saying, I didn't do any of that. It worked fine. So if you did not do it that way and all worked fine for you, great. But I do get emails every single dot update, including one I read, that they wished they had done that uh, that way to start with. I want to take a moment now to talk about today's sponsor. And that is the brand new game, Fall, one word. This comes from Dark Realm Studios, the devs behind the highly successful and very highly rated app Pandemic 2.5. Escapefall is a side-scrolling strategy game with live-action elements where players can design and launch customized weapons at their enemies. This is set up where there are three countries, and since it's side-scrolling and looping, everyone is fighting on two fronts. Just to keep you on your toes. The basics are, you have to manage your resources and build up your country and your armed forces to attack your enemy to keep them knocked down before they attack you in force. You start out in the late 1930s and move forward in time and have to manage your population, your military, your research, your factories. The app is just 99 cents in the app store it's a bargain. There's a lot of time you're gonna put in on this. There are no ups, there's no extras, i.e. there's no in-app purchases to sucker you into. It's 99 cents. That's it. That's all it's going to cost you. And for that price, you get a strategy game where you need to figure out over time how to allocate your resources to best build up your country and your forces. Do you build a population first and housing? When do you add troops and what type of troops do you deploy and when? If you want to be challenged and have fun and yes, absolutely waste time, which is the whole purpose of any game, this is a very good app to check out. Hey, It caused this show to be delayed uh, at least a day as I was spending some time playing this myself this past weekend and this week. Search for ScapeFall, S-C-A-P-E-F-A-L-L, one word, ScapeFall, in the iOS App Store. And again, the app is just 99 cents. Thanks, guys, for sponsoring this episode.
5: As for the caller in episode 352, asking if there is a way of printing emails remotely when you're not home or connected to your network. I have found my e-printer has a unique email address which you set up and I can send any documents to that particular email and by the time I arrive at home it's printed. I have a HP e-printer which when I just read through the manuals when I bought it described how to set it up to remotely print uh, There. an email address that you set up. I'm not sure if this helps the caller but I thought I'd let you know anyway. Mine is a HPE printer version 3550. Hope that helps. Thanks for the show. Keep up the good work. Tosin from UK.
6: Hi Rob, uh, I'm calling for a couple of things. First off, in response to uh, the caller who asked if there are any printers out there that you can send Prints to from your phone while you're not at home. My parents recently got an HP OfficeJet Pro 88610, that's 8610, and they use it all the time to uh, print stuff at home when they're away, and I think it uses email to do that. The Second thing I'm calling about is I called for the last episode about my Apple Watch not vibrating before my phone. Like, when the Apple Watch is paired, it's supposed to be the only thing that goes off, not the phone. And that was a problem, but I just unpaired it and repaired it, and I haven't had the problem since. So if anyone else has that issue, it seemingly is that easy to fix because it is annoying to have the watch and uh, expect all your notifications to go there, but instead your phone is being uh, pinged or buzzed or what have you. Figured out that problem, and I hope that helps other people if they're having the same issue. It's Jonathan from New Orleans, and thank you for all you do. Bye.
0: Tosin and Jonathan, thank you for your feedback, and I'll have more at the end of the episode about the whole email printing thing. We had a few others come in. We've saw a couple of emails come in with answers. Hi, Rob. There was an individual asking about printing back to a home printer while out and about. Many HP printers with ePrint capabilities offer an email address that you can send emails to and they will print. I did this at a job fair once. I was able to print the applications to the companies I was talking to along with some of the notes I had taken at the booth. Regards, Brenton N. Hi, Rob. Regarding the caller who requested a way to ePrint from anywhere... If you have an HP printer, you can download the ePrint app. I don't use it often and haven't used it recently, but I can print through it to my printer from my iPhone and iPad from wherever I happen to be. Regards, Myron You Again, gentlemen, thank you for that. And I have an email here that answered a couple questions. Hi, Rob. One, for those that have HP printers and want to print from anywhere via the app and not Android, iOS app, HP ePrint. And that was what we just heard there from Myron. And then two, I went to the Netherlands and used an unlocked iPhone with a SIM card purchased online from prepaidzero.com, com, prep or prepaidzero.com yeah, prepaidzero, uh, or prepaidzero.com, also available for other European countries: Aloha, Charles R. Bobby L. Hi, Rob. Love the podcast and your previous giveaway mention of my watch kit app, Split the Check. For the listeners on Sprint traveling to France and Europe, call Sprint and get an international SIM unlock for your phone. This is available upon request. Be insistent and you do not need a fully paid or contract expiration to qualify. All Sprint phones since the iPhone 4S have both CDMA and GSM hardware inside but are carrier locked to not allow using GSM in the U.S. The international SIM unlock allows using third-party SIM only outside the U.S. Keep in mind that buying a local SIM in-country is not painless. You will have to queue in line at a local phone carrier store. They're often very busy. And then present your passport and wait for them to activate the SIM. Be sure to test your phone in the presence before uh, their presence before leaving the store. It might not work and require another visit to the store otherwise. In my last European trip, I was on a cruise ship, and normally they hold your passport hostage. So after waiting two hours at a store in Spain, I was turned away for not having my actual passport. Scanned copy on my phone was not good enough. You can buy SIMs activated and preloaded for various European countries in the U.S. before you go. They are a lot more expensive in both initial cost and per-minute fees, but are less hassle, so you should weigh the choice and allow time for shipping to you at home to avoid FedEx expedite fees. Don't decide to order a SIM two days before your flight. Strongly consider switching to T-Mobile or even getting another phone on T-Mobile to use just for the month, Overlapping your trip, T-Mobile has a very generous international plan as part of their Uncarrier initiative that gives you very low-cost voice calls and unlimited regular 3G, not 4G or LTE, data service in a hundred or more countries. I used it last winter on a trip to Mexico and it worked great. The lower speed data was perfectly fine for email and general web browsing and data connectivity for apps such as GPS navigation and language translation apps. This sounds like a hassle, but it is something you can set up totally before your trip. Lastly, as a fallback, get on board with several voice over IP apps that work great over any Wi-Fi connection. Uh, since your hotel, coffee shops, and many other locations now have Wi-Fi, you will at least have communication available by stopping into the nearest free hotspot. Not as convenient, but a good fallback to have just-in-case important you must install and configure these VoIP apps before you leave the U.S. because most of them will send a text message to your phone as part of their two-factor authentication to set up your account. So if you don't get it working ahead of time, you can't just download the app and start using them when you are ready in Europe. Or already in Europe. I recommend looking at Freedom Pop, Google Voice, Google Hangouts, and Vonage. They have free a free version. Of course, you can always just load up some minutes on Skype and avoid the hassle of the second-tier free VoIP service. Remember, FaceTime audio calls built into your iPhone is also VoIP, but it only works to other iPhones. As always, your mileage may vary. Do not rely on these or anyone else's tips without verifying yourself. You don't want to be stranded because someone else gave you outdated or incorrect information. Regards, Robert S. Thank you, Robert, for that very detailed message. This is something a couple of listeners emailed in and told me to do on the next episode. Siri, how much is zero divided by zero?
6: Imagine that you have zero cookies and you split them evenly among zero friends. How many cookies does each person get? See, it doesn't make sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies. And you are sad that you have no friends.
0: Oh, Siri, you little yuckster, you. Thanks for the emails for me to go ahead and do that on the show. Hi, Rob. My mom and friend of mine used Foursquare to travel in Paris. I actually got my mom's location and found an authentic restaurant for her to eat at that she absolutely loved, so use Foursquare. As far as talking, she used Viber, so she only talked when she was in Wi-Fi, she could also FaceTime and other iPhone users when in Wi-Fi. She didn't use her Sprint data or minutes. She turned off all radios save Wi-Fi. Regards, Ellen. Well, thank you, Ellen, for that feedback.
2: Hi, Rob. This is Kevin from Minnesota calling about uh, the caller who had a question about international travel in episode 352. I was in Paris not that long ago, and Orange, one of the major cellular carriers over there, Uh, has a package for people that are traveling. And you can find most many orange stores within uh, the different stops, include the Champs-Élysées. There's just a lot of the major subway stations, the Tube or Metro. You can find orange stations well within walking distance, and they do have vacation packages. They're not a great deal, but they're far better than what the major carriers offer for rates. Uh, You obviously get a local number there. You can make calls at a certain number of minutes and and gigabytes, but uh, definitely better than what the nationwide carriers provide. So hope that helps. And you should just be able to swap out now there. they will even help you at the store. Hope that helps. Kevin, thanks for the voicemail message
0: and also for thanks for sending over the link to Orange and the boutique for Orange on getting the SIM cards. If anyone needs that, please just email me, Today in iOS at gmail.com and ask for that link for episode 353 for Orange. We are now well over 2,000 members on our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came out, which is a question uh, from some others, was from David Levine, who asked the following, quote, the iTunes Matt option is gone in settings. Now it's iCloud Music Library. Am I still paying $25 per year for match and the $9.99 per month for radio? Unquote. To me, T responded saying, quote, if you choose to, iTunes Match still stands as it was. If you just use iTunes Match, nothing changes. If you use the Apple Music, you get iTunes Match function plus the ability to play whatever you want. So if you're an iTunes Match subscriber and you're planning on becoming an Apple Music subscriber, you can cancel your iTunes Match subscription on June 30th, or which it has passed, when the streaming service goes live. Since all of your non-iTunes purchased songs will be uploaded into the cloud anyway, if you're not interested in Apple Music and its streaming functions and want to stick to just songs in iCloud and downloading them for local listening, iTunes Match will still be around, unquote. Myron Euchre said, quote, iTunes Radio still works the same as before if you don't subscribe to Apple Music. I didn't sign up for the free trial and my radio stations still exist and work just as before, unquote. Thanks all for the replies. And since the last episode, there were other dozens and dozens of other new posts in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboy's free zone and spammer-free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 2,000 plus of you already in the community and contributing. And here's another comment in the Google Plus community, and it's from Kareem H., quote, The transition from Beats app to Apple Music was absolutely seamless. It automatically transferred all my playlists and settings, and Apple also credited my prorated annual fee to my Apple account. I received $93 back. You still get three-month free trial. Also, loving it so far, unquote. All right, swig that 5-hour energy drink, pound down that coffee. Time to do a little comparison. And we're going to do... Comparison between the latest version of 8.4 and iOS 9 Beta 2. Let's look at what is different in iOS 9 Beta 2 versus 8.4. And I'm going to do this, like I said, a side-by-side comparison for both the iPhone and the iPad and go over some of the new features you will see in the Settings app. First is when you are at the main Settings screen. If you pull down in iOS 9, there is a Settings search box. If you're not sure where a setting is, Search for it here. Well, in theory, at least, right now, it does not work all that well. Searching for battery space percentage gets you no results. Really? No real differences in the top wireless section. That is the section starting with airplane mode, along with Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, cellular, and so on. Where we start to see changes is in settings notifications with nine iOS 9, beta 2, we now see an option for sort order. If you have selected by recent, then there is a new option under it for group by app. If you select manual, then on that sub-screen, you will see a list of your apps and you can move them around manually to the order that you wanna see or wanna have the priority of them when they show. Before you had the list of apps broken into two groups, include and do not include, this allowed you to easily see which apps you are allowing notif- notifications from. In iOS 9, not so much. Now the main list is one list and sorted alphabetically. To see if that app is allowing notifications, you need to actually read what it says under each one, where it will either say off, if no notifications are allowed, or a combination of badges and or sound and or banners, depending on what is selected. Or in some cases, it shows nothing, as in you have allowed notifications set it on for showing in notification center and on for showing on the lock screen but you have sounds and banners both turned off and alert style when unlocked set to none i have no idea why you would want to do that but i had quite a few apps set like that or at least my kids did cuz i was looking on their device i like the two big lists uh, one for those active with notifications and one where it was not better than the new setup made it easier to figure out which ones were getting notifications and not something else that is missing from the notifications main screen is the option to turn off government alerts In 8.4 you could turn off amber alerts and emergency alerts from this screen at least on the versions of the devices I was looking at, that is no longer the case. And I could not find where you turn those off now. Uh, So maybe that's still there on newer versions of the iPhone, but on the 4S and iPad uh, third gen, I couldn't find where to turn that off. There is no changes in control center settings, nor in the do not disturb area. In Settings General, we have a lot of different options. Um, here are some of the changes between 8.4 and 9. Under Siri, Voice Gender is now changed to Siri Voice. And when you tap on it, you have a choice for accent, at least for the language set to English. And you can choose from American or Australian or British. Then there is a, also a choice for gender. There is also a change where voice feedback is now called audio feedback. And before the choices were always or hand free, um, and hand free is now replaced with control with ring switch. So if you have the ringer switch, um, the mute switch set to mute, and have control with ringer switch, you will not get audio feedback from Siri. Under Settings, General, Spotlight Search is now just called Search. And rather than it just show you the previous 14 or so items that were available in 8.4, it now shows you all of those and, well, all your apps. Everything is on by default. So if your goal is to speed up search and you have, say, 500 apps, yeah, good luck with that. Under Settings General Accessibility VoiceOver there is a new option called Modifier Keys. This is the keys that must be pressed on a hardware keyboard to activate VoiceOver key commands. Default is Control and Option. The other choice is Caps Caps Lock. Also under Accessibility in the in the Interaction section there is now a new menu called Touch Accommodations, which Apple says, if you're having trouble using the touchscreen, adjust the following settings to change how the screen will respond to touches. There are options for hold duration, which is how long you must touch the screen for a touch to be recognized, which starts at 0.1 seconds, and you can increase in length by 0.05 second increments. There is ignore repeat, which is the duration in which multiple touches are treated as a single touch. Again, where you can up it by 0.05 second increments. And finally, you can choose for tap assistance where it uses the initial touch location or the final touch location or have it off. These are nice options for those with some mobility issues. Also under accessibility is a keyboard menu option. Not to be confused with the keyboard menu under General. This one under Accessibility is where you can turn on and off show lowercase keys on the stock keyboard. The addition of the ability to show the lowercase letters on the stock keyboard is a very nice new feature. But for some, the lowercase letters are harder to read, so this is where you change that. There are also settings for hardware keyboard for key repeat with options to change the key repeat interval and the delay until repeat interval. And there are some other settings for your Bluetooth keyboards. There is now also under accessibility a toggle to turn on and off shake to undo. And there is a toggle for vibration where if turned off, turns off all vibrations on the iPhone. Those are the key changes under accessibility. Nice, as always, to see more options there. Usage in iOS 8.4 is now called Storage and iCloud Usage. And that change is that the battery items are moved out of there. More on that later. Under General Restrictions, there is a new menu called Password Settings. Now when you enter a password to purchase something, you can choose to always require that password for the next purchase or to only require... It 15 minutes after your last purchase, and whether you also uh, need to, or want to require a password for free downloads. So You can not require a password for free downloads. Under General Keyboard for the iPhone, there is a new toggle for Character Preview. By default, it is on. And this is where, when you type on the keyboard, it pops up the key you are pressing. Turning this off seems to speed up typing, at least on the iPhone 4S, and really is less distracting. So remember that one for a nice feature to improve the speed of your old iPhones on iOS 9. Again, that's under General Keyboard, and and you want to look for the toggle for Character Preview, and you want to turn that off. Another new feature under the keyboard menu, this time just for iPads, is Toggle for Shortcuts. Say you have created a monster list of shortcuts and you just want to turn them off for a bit and not just delete them all, you can now do so. And that are the changes, or that are the changes. And those are the changes for general items. In wallpapers, as with all major updates, there are new stock wallpapers to choose from. Yay! You know, just in case you don't have any photos of your own that are worthy. A major new category added in settings is and iOS 9 is battery. For iPhones, there is a toggle to turn on low power mode. When you do that, your battery turns yellow, and many of the other options with regards to items that would affect battery are locked down into a setting to improve battery life, or in some cases, set to a setting not available normally like the screen autolock, goes to 30 seconds when in low power mode. That's not an option you get otherwise. Again, this option is just for the iPhone. In the battery menu, there is now the battery percentage toggle. This was moved out of the old usage menu under general. It obviously makes more sense here than in the battery section. But hey, if you search for battery percentage, it doesn't show up in the search. And of course, the battery usage by app is shown here now as well. One nice addition in iOS 9 is now next to the last 24 hours, last 7 days, is a button that looks like three lines. If you tap that on, it will then say under each app how it used battery life. For example, on my son's iPad for Clash of Clans, it said for the last 24 hours, 20 minutes, 8 minutes on screen. But YouTube says 1.4 Four hours on screen and 39 minutes background, and I need to talk to my boy about why he's on YouTube for 1.4 hours in one day. And of course, there is the usage in time and standby since last full, uh, full charge in this section. And we will end the side-by-side comparison there for this episode and pick it back up on a later episode. One thing missing in the 9B2 that iOS 8.4 has is Apple Music, but rest easy. According to Eddie Q at Apple, Beta 3 of not iOS 9 will have it available, and that should be out next week. So we'll talk a little bit more about 9B3 on episode 354. One of those things announced at WWDC was that with iOS 9, you would need a lot less free space to install iOS 9 than you did with iOS 8 per over-the-air updates which for some people is the only way they can do updates. For those people, it was a major issue trying to update, and some have chosen not to. For others, it was a pain to have to do the update on a computer, and pain points equal a certain percentage delaying or completely putting off the update. To Apple, this is not acceptable. And one solution Apple had was to go out and hire magical pixies that can summon up hidden gigabytes in your storage to make the updates to iOS 9. Well, it's that or Apple kind of is cheating a little and temporarily uninstalling apps to free up space for the upgrade. Obviously, it's the latter. But some are probably wishing it was the former, as they don't want apps deleted. Don't worry, Apple is not deleting apps on your iOS device without first asking. What you will see is a message that says, quote, insufficient space for download in order to make room for the software update. Some apps will need to be temporarily deleted. All deleted apps will automatically be replaced after the update is complete. Would you like to continue? Unquote. And then you get the option to cancel or allow app deletion. My understanding on this from reading several posts is that you do not lose any app data. So no achievements or other vital info is removed, just the app itself. And then it's put back as if it was never missing. Well, at least... That better be the way it works, or we'll be talking about gate in late September. Some say Apple should just stop selling 16 gigabit iPhones and this issue would go away. And while I agree 16 gigabit iPhones should be phased out for 32 gig uh, min for the iPhones, I need to point this out. I recently ran out of space on my 128 gigabyte iPhone. And needed to go and delete stuff. So this will actually be a welcome option to many with even 64 and 128 gigabyte devices that just do over-the-air updates. You're going to tend to max out your device no matter what the level is. It just takes a little bit more work to max out your 128 gig device than it does a 16 gig device. As you may know, I was not an iTunes Match user and likely will not be an Apple Music user. But if you are a serious power user of iTunes Match, then you'll be happy to hear the song limit of 25,000 songs is being increased to 100,000 songs. This, according to a tweet from Eddie Q, it is expected to be raised to that level around when iOS 9 launches, which likely will be mid-September. So I guess for now, you have to suffer through only having 25,000 songs in your library. Which, by the way, if you did nothing but play your music 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, with an average song size of 3 minutes, it would take you 52 days to get through all your music. Or put another way, you'll need to listen to some of your songs twice between now and September. I know, I know, the sacrifices Apple puts us through sometimes. These next 79 days are going to be brutal. There is an article over at Computer World from Johnny Evans titled, Five Reasons You're Going to Want Apple's Next iPhone. And the fanboy in me said, yeah, A-P-P-L-E. Five reasons. Okay, this article is not quite so fanboyish and maybe not as accurate either. First up was thinner. He thinks it will be thinner. I would say no. Same dimensions as the current iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. Next was metal, as in different metal to make it stiffer and less bendable. That, I believe. Home, as in the loss of a home button. Mmm, no. The next iPhone will have a home button, as will likely the two after that. Then he talks about faster. Duh. Outside of the 3G, all iPhones were faster than the ones before it. Curbs. It's another one he gives. Huh? Please, don't be referring to curve-displayed uh, rumors that are out there. Please, please. So unless you are talking about Kate Upton-type curves, or in fairness to those that prefer the other sex, who would be a guy with curves? Oh yeah, pretty much any podcaster. Um, I don't want to read about curves and iPhone screens in the same paragraph anymore. Got that, Johnny? And speaking of the next iPhone, 9 to 5 Max seems to have gotten a hold of the casing of the next iPhone, or at least photos of it. Let's call it the iPhone 6S, and guess what? It's going to look identical to the iPhone 6, same all-around dimensions. Shocker. But as they say, it's what's inside that really counts, especially with S upgrades, which as I've said before, tend overall to be a bigger upgrade than the non-S versions. Casings show things are going to be different on the inside and even indicating the battery is going to be bigger. Bigger battery means better battery life, hopefully. But you never know. Maybe who knows what the new processor is going to do. But externally, all the same holes and locations, even the antenna lines are in the same place, killing a rumor saying that they were going away. Externally, it looks like the 6 and 6S will be identical in all dimensions and specs, just like the 5 and the 5S were. But fully expect Force Touch to be one of the differences. Force Touch will be on all new iOS gear by the end of this year. So any new iOS devices that have been released in 2015, by the end of 2015, will have Force Touch features. One new rumor coming out of Korea is that Apple is in works on a deal with Samsung for flash storage for the next-gen iPhone. And it looks like it will start at at 32 gigs, So, the 16 gig version would move up to 32, and the 64 and 128 would be the other two versions. The only thing I see wrong with this rumor is that Apple saw a lot of people go to the 64 gig versions because the difference between the 16 and 64 gigabytes was so big that it made the extra 100 bucks seem like chicken feed. Many would have saved that extra 100 bucks and went with a 32 gig version if it had been made available. And one thing we know Apple loves is money. And if it means going to 32 gigs on the low end is going to cause many people not to spend the extra 100 bucks, well, I think you can see why it's very likely the 16-gig version is not going anywhere anytime soon. Plus, Phil the Thrill Schiller said last month that Apple believes the cloud makes up for the lack of onboard storage. You know, right up until you try to download a new app or you can't access the cloud. Yeah, I think the best thing that makes up for a lack of storage is more storage. Hey, a quick Apple TV rumor. Seems there is some code in the new El Capitan beta that reveals a multi-touch Bluetooth remote, or support for said remote. Sounds similar to the rumors about the next-gen Apple TV and what its multi-touch remote would look like. We talked about that back earlier this year when the eternal optimist in me said, Yeah! New Apple TV, definitely WWDC. Or not. One of the things that Apple announced at WWDC was the upcoming launch of their own Android app, the one called Move to iOS. And I love the hypocrisy coming from the Android fanboys that claim Apple is being hypocritical by creating an app that they would never allow Google or anyone else to put in their app store. Well, yeah. That's 100% correct when they say Apple would not let a move to Android app in their App Store be. One, it would probably be a disservice to someone about to make such a mistake moving to Android. But two, Apple makes no bones about their App Store being a walled garden. And part of a walled garden is you get to pick and choose what apps get in and what do not. Android fanboys are quick to point out that Android allows anything. And that's the selling point, if you will, for Android. But you cannot flaunt your advantage and then bellyache about it when Apple uses that advantage to their own. And I think it is great that Apple put out an app to help Android users make the transition over to the light side. Have I bellyached about Apple's approval process of apps before? Oh, yes. But not that there is an approval process, just that sometimes random nature of how that process seems to work. Do I think Apple should allow a similar app from Google? No, because it does not have to. I mean, if you have a competitive advantage, use it. And for each user that does not migrate to Android because of the work involved, that is one more user that Apple helped by not allowing such a mistake. Because in my heart and mind, I truly believe iOS is the better OS.
4: Hey, Rob. This is Aaron from South Jersey. I just wanted to give my uh, thoughts on the uh, new Apple Music. I'm coming from using the uh, Tidal app, and, which I really liked. But the uh, Apple Music, I like the layout. It feels fresh. It feels new. I also went into this with an open mind, not expecting anything. And I got to say that the, uh, the Beats One Radio, I've discovered like tons of new music just in the first day. I've created like tons of playlists through a bunch of music that I, I really thought that I would never listen to. So I definitely see a lot of potential in the, uh, the beats one radio, but it also got me thinking that this could be, you know, a game changer as far as, um, uh, these streaming services go. I think Apple could really start to be able to compete with like XM and Sirius radio I think they would need to jump on this quick because I'm pretty sure a bunch of the other streaming stations are going to start having their DJs curate playlist and maybe even have the live radio. And I think Apple could really draw in a, a bigger crowd if they were to, like, maybe get some uh, ESPN people to come in and do uh, live streams and uh, different things like that. I know they have the ESPN uh, button on there where you can listen to the live stream, but just something personal, specific to. Apple Music. I think I think this could really be a good thing. I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it, and I definitely think that I'll be switching from Tidal to Apple Music. I love this show. I appreciate you. Have a good one.
0: Aaron, thanks for the feedback.
4: Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob.
0: Did the upgrade to 8.4 against my usual pattern of waiting until hearing news from you of side effects? Getting a jump on Apple Music to me is like the Apple Watch was the motive all went well and no bad side effects thus far. Since I had just bought uh, the Apple watch at a retail store, I also noticed that when I was streaming an album from Apple music, the watch's music app will control the stream via the now playing controls, despite the fact that the music is neither on the watch nor my iPhone. Pretty cool in my humble opinion. I didn't find any other integration of Apple music across the two platforms though. I will take the 90-day free trial and then cancel. Here's a tip for anyone who is like-minded. Once you subscribe to the Apple Music service, immediately go into your Apple Music profile, the small icon in the upper left corner of the music app. Then click on your Apple ID button and change the auto-renew to off. That way you won't forget about doing it later and get charged $9.99 in October. Hope that helps some listeners. Now for the Apple Music value proposition. The price is okay, but compared to other options. But what I'd like to see is the ability to build a streaming playlist within my subscription. Maybe I missed it in my first day using Apple Music, but I don't see a way to choose a set of songs and save that list to play it later on demand. Maybe you or your listeners can tell me how to do that. As always, been keeping us straight on all things iOS, and thanks for that. Please keep up the good work. Regards, Paul G. in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Well, Paul, i throw that one out to the audience. Anybody have any suggestions on creating the playlist that Paul and others have been looking for, give us a call or send us an email. Hi, Rob. I was listening to the latest episode of TII and wanted to add to Steve and Brisbane's comments about dictating to Siri. I noted that you can also speak various punctuations such as comma, period, question mark, and others to add them into your text Regards, Kevin in Scotia, New York. Thanks, Kevin.
3: Hey, Rob, it's Kevin Crossman from Fremont, California. You had a caller write in last time about uh, voice dictation and a full stop and then saying the word spacebar. I have an easier tip for you. When you get to the end of your sentence, just tell the voice dictation, period, and it will put a period, a space, and create the next word as capitalized.
1: So that's an even easier way to do it. Just
3: get to your sentence say, period. Thanks. Period.
0: Thanks, Kevin, for the feedback. Apple has announced that their next quarterly conference call will be Tuesday, July 21st. This will go over what Apple calls their third quarter 2015 results and the rest of the world calls calendar year 2015 quarter 2 results. Expect an episode to go up later that evening to talk about All the great insight Apple will share on Apple Watch sales and that call. And of course, then Tim Cook will introduce us to the Apple car. I'm guessing Apple Watch sales will not be talked out or about unless they are just off the charts. I do expect words like exceeded our expectations and supply constrained and great user demand and other meaningless jargon when Tim is asked multiple times for how the sales are going.
7: Hey Rob, this is Brent out here in Oklahoma City and I had some thoughts um, on your talking about the numbers or the lack of numbers that uh, Tim Cook failed to mention at the, uh, the Apple event and my thoughts are, and I don't know, I, I'm sure that there's numbers to back this up, I don't know all the numbers, but um, being that the Apple Watch is basically a brand new item for Apple. I think a lot of people were just kind of sitting back to wait and see how it turned out and see what people thought of it and everything because I guess probably if you look back to the very first iPhone, the very first iPad and things like that, you're probably going to see the same kind of reaction that people weren't really sure what to expect. They'd never seen anything like it before, so they didn't know, um, you know if it was going to be something that would work. For them, so I'm thinking that maybe the numbers up front probably weren't as great as they eventually will be. But the more people get these watches, the more people, um, you know, tell their friends about them and show them how cool they are, and so forth. Um, you know, I think that the numbers will really increase. And of course, being an Apple stockholder, I'm hoping that happens as well. But the thing is, is that I know that I've had a lot of friends that you know, if they asked me, well, what do you think? And and I tell them, you know, that I love it. And they go out and they buy one. And so they're just waiting on people to kind of give them some feedback the other thing is that a lot of people are, um, you know, seeing kind of how the device works and if it's, uh, you know, if they're having any problems with them or anything like that. So I think we'll see those numbers increase as time goes on. Anyway, that's just my thought on the uh, the Apple Watch numbers and the more that people See them and see how cool they are, because I haven't run across a single person that said, I I hate my Apple Watch, or I don't like it, or I took it back, or whatever. So I think that definitely says something for it. Appreciate what you do. Talk to you later.
0: Thanks, Brent. And speaking of Apple Watch sales, if you live in the Netherlands, Sweden, or Thailand, and have been drooling for an Apple Watch, Mark your calendar for July 17th, as that is when the shiny wrist bobble with an Apple logo will be making its way to your local Apple store or retail partner. And yes, you do need to look closely to find the Apple logo. It's in small print on the back. One thing I did not mention earlier when talking about upgrading to iOS 8.4 was to wait if you plan to jailbreak. And that is because there is already a jailbreak out for 8.4, so there's no need to wait. The TAIG team that releases, uh, that released last month the jailbreak for 8.3, and previous jailbreaks were iOS 8, that same jailbreak team now has a jailbreak that works for 8.4 devices as well. As long as you have a Windows computer that is, hopefully a Mac version is on its way. Thanks again to the devs of the app ScapeFall for their support of TII. And please folks, go to the App Store and check out the game Scapefall, S-C-A-P-E-F-A-L-L, one word. It's just 99 cents in the iOS App Store. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364, that's 206moondog, or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app a product review, good or bad, as long as it is iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. It's your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And finally... There is the TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. Please go right now and download the TII app. Did I mention it's free? And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different.
3: This is Kevin in Kansas City uh, calling about Episode 352. A gentleman wanted to know about printing to his home printer uh, while away. Uh, I have an Epson printer, and it has a feature where it will register an email address that is for that printer. And then you can email attachments uh, to that email address, and your printer at home will print those attachments out. There may be some restriction on what kind of attachments. I don't know that information, but I'm sure the Epson website would uh, fill you in on that sort of information. I think that the HP printers also do uh, this type of email option, but I'm not 100% sure on that one. Thanks. Keep up the good work.
1: Hi, Rob, this is uh, Tom from Mount
6: Pleasant, Michigan, and in reference to the fellow who called in in regards to uh, being able to print to his home printer from remote, um, it's really easy with HP printers, almost all of the new HP e-printers that have been out in the last few years all include a uh, automatically generated uh, custom email address for their printers, and it's unique to that specific printer. So, uh, have him look for an HP uh, any of the e-Printer series, and he should be all set. He can then e-print, as well as uh, from his device, as well as to email himself directly to his printer. Thanks very much, Rob. Great show, and thanks for everything you do for us. Bye bye.
1: Hi, Rob. This is Bob from Spartanburg, South Carolina. I'm calling in response to the listener who asked for a way to print files remotely. Just want to let you know that all the HP wireless printers have this capability set up an email address for the printer you send the document uh, by email to the printer from wherever you are in the world and it will print it and be waiting for you when you get home and it works very well i've done it a dozen of times. thank you very much have a great day and love the podcast
4: and cookie monster is sad that there are no cookies
6: and you are sad that you have no friends